0: The epidermis is arguably the most important region of the skin for skin specialists. It's what we target on a daily basis in the skin beauty and dermal arena. It's what we apply our topical formulas to and aim to stimulate to promote a healthy renewal of cells to the surface so that our skin looks fresh and aesthetically pleasing. As we've come to learn, the cells of our epidermis talk regularly to cells residing in the deeper dermis region. For example, we know that the keratinocyte has a meaningful dialogue with the fibroblast cell. And therefore, our epidermis provides an intriguing pathway to affect changes in many areas of our skin's overall health and functionality. First and foremost though, our epidermis provides a sophisticated shield against our environment. Chemical or mechanical insults, heat and friction, infections, and of course the sun's powerful spectrum of radiation. Our epidermis provides an impressive mechanism to reduce moisture loss and therefore ensure a higher degree of barrier function and integrity. And it also plays a role in our body's adaptive immune system. So it's a very busy zone of our skin. Our epidermis is constantly self-renewing and connecting us with our world in both a dynamic and a communicative way. The epidermis is epithelium tissue and it's subdivided into layers called strata. Now on today's episode, we're diving into the epidermis, exploring the strata or the layers or regions of the epidermis and highlighting the key cells that perform on this epidermal stage. Whilst this might be something you covered at college or university and think oh it's a bit basic, I do think it's so important to regularly revisit this structure and visualize the activities and the varying personalities of the cell types that make up the skin and certainly for the relevance of this episode, the epidermis. The skin is after all an incredible and highly intricate organ of our bodies. And it's evolved to serve us as a complete protection system. When we interact with it, there are innate responses that may occur, and this can shape the outcomes that result from treatment approaches within the clinic. This is The Power of Protons, a PH Formula Australia podcast for skin specialists. This is where you come to explore the always evolving professional beauty, skin, dermal and aesthetics industry. We cut through the hype to deliver highly researched content designed to empower, educate and inspire. I'm Danielle Hughes, your host and lover of all things skin. I'm a beauty therapist turned dermal clinician turned MBA graduate, and I'm the proud distributor of pH formula in Australia and New Zealand. It is my pleasure to share my passion for education, skin management, and business every Monday, right here on the Power of Protons podcast. So to begin with, we can divide the epidermis into two key zones, nucleated and anucleated. So cells within the nucleated zones are considered alive, with functional organelles that are controlled by a nucleus cells in the anucleated zones are often referred to as the dead cells. So the organelles, including the nucleus, have deteriorated, enabling that cell to flatten out and fill with a protective protein, namely keratin, that enables superior protection against the environment that we find ourselves in. So Let's first bury all the way down to the deepest layer of the epidermis. This is the stratum basal layer, also referred to as the stratum germinativum, and this is where the epidermis connects to and interacts with the dermis via the dermal-epidermal junction. The basal layer houses a nice sprinkling of melanocytes or pigment cells nestled amongst a rich population of mother keratinocytes. And this is where the magic happens. Our mother cells are responsible for producing daughter cells in the process of cell renewal. And interestingly, only about 15% of our mother cell population are constantly involved in this renewal of epidermal tissue. The rest remain in a resting sleep state and they only wake up when there's an escalated requirement for cell proliferation, for example, in wound healing or in response to an unexpected damage. So as I mentioned, there's a sprinkling of melanocytes that are nestled amongst the mother cells. And you may remember back from episode six, I believe it was, that one single melanocyte or pigment cell holds potential to service up to 40 keratinocytes or daughter cells with the protective melanin or pigment to shield them against the environment. In this particular layer you'll also find Merkel cells. These guys are responsible for providing tactile or touch feedback. So when the mother keratin cells are stimulated, they create new daughter cells through a process known as mitosis. The daughter keratinocytes then begin what is a transformative migration up towards the skin's surface and that final layer, the final destination being the stratum corneum. So if we're down in the basal layer, which we are, and we want to begin that migration up to the stratum corneum, the first stop will be the stratum spinosum. And this region is comprised of 8 to 10 rows of keratinocytes that have started modifying their shape. It's at this stage that they take on a prickly appearance with processes within the the cytoplasm of the cell, that jelly-like fluid where all of the organelles are suspended. The cytoplasm that extends out spines that contact neighbouring cells with the assistance of structures known as desmosomes. Dendritic cells such as Langerhans cells are also located within this stratum spinosum layer and these guys are like little watchtowers on the look for any foreign matter that has somehow made its way through the top layers or the the outermost strata of the epidermis. Langerhans cells are the last line of defense before the mother cells become under threat. So if foreign matter has somehow found its way through the acid mantle, into the corneum, through the lucidum, if applicable, through the granulosum, it's here within the stratum spinosum that we have that last opportunity to protect those very important mother cells in the basal layer. Another interesting role of this spiny prickly layer is the synthesis of lipids or oils that get packaged up into little organelles known as lamella bodies. These lamella bodies then partner with our keratinocytes, they collaborate during their migration to the surface and play an important role in the future barrier integrity of our stratum corneum. So the next zone up towards the stratum corneum, so we started in the basal, now we're in the stratum spinosum, next in our migration, we have another stop and that is our stratum granulosum. So this is where major transformation takes place. Think Clark Kent transforming into Superman, if you like that analogy. So this is where the keratinocyte's nucleus, the control tower of the cell begins deteriorating as do the other residents or organelles that are residing within the cytoplasm of the cell. Here the cell's cytoplasm starts taking on keratin filaments, which will eventually account for 80% of the cell's total protein concentration. Now, I invite you to head back to episode two if you haven't listened recently, because this episode explores a single skin cell and it tours the organelles and structural components to give you a better understanding of the fairly dramatic changes that are taking place. As these daughter cells mature on their way up to the surface. Now back to the granulosum, this zone is referenced as being three to five rows thick where our round or cuboidal shaped keratinocytes start flattening out or collapsing down. So think about folding down a box for example. It's here that our once living keratinocytes, our nucleated keratinocytes transform into what we then start considering corneocyte counterparts and they then migrate through the stratum lucidum if the particular zone of skin that we're looking at on the body, the anatomical position of the skin has a stratum lucidum, and then up into the final destination being the corneum. Within the granulosum, there are also granules that secrete carbohydrates and lipids, also known as glycolipids. So this substance acts like a, a grout or a filler that prevents water loss, but also prevents the entry of water into the skin. So it's like a waterproofing substance. This grout or filler is a really important characteristic of the stratum corneum as it populates the intercellular spaces between our mature cells or corneocytes and establishes part of what is a very important barrier defense system. So next layer up towards the stratum corneum is a stratum lucidum. So this is our waterproofing layer and it's visible by microscope only in thicker skin. So this is the layer that we see in thick skin like the palms of the hands, the soles of the feet. It's two to three rows thick and it consists of clear flattened keratinocytes. So it's like a little raincoat, a waterproofing layer which then brings us to our final zone of the skin, our final strata, the stratum corneum. So this is the outermost layer, the layer that we see. It consists of up to 30 rows of mature, fully keratinized, anucleate keratinocytes. Fully keratinized, I'm just going to say that one more time, it's a tongue twister. Fully keratinized, anucleate keratinocytes, where they also then are known in this layer as corneocytes. So this layer works to protect us against injury, the invasion of foreign matter, and it also works to reduce water loss. The stratum corneum is a very important zone or strata of the epidermis because it's the particular zone that itself interacts with the environment. So it's that front line. Now the question is is it dead or alive are these cells dead in this zone now strictly speaking the cell's nucleus has deteriorated the cells of the stratum corneum are a nucleate but this is no graveyard they are still very much communicative they're still in communication with cells right back down to the basal layer how else would you suppose that the mother cells knew when to reproduce or when those outermost cells were maybe under threat? so cytokines are important communicators to consider here head on back to catch episode four to learn a little bit more about cytokines which are conductors of the skin and in episode four we explore the relationship which is largely mediated by cytokines between our skin cells our keratinocytes and our melanocytes so we can conclude this tour of the strata within the epidermis with a few points about the microbiome, the living ecosystem of biota that lives on our skin. Now whilst the microbiome is strictly not considered a, a layer or a strata, the microbiome plays a really important role in the skin and overall body immune function. So it's not strictly speaking, a layer, but it is an important aspect of our epidermis. It requires special consideration and care as we've come to better understand, I'd say over the last 10 to 15 years, and as we are seeing now with specific skincare ingredients and advanced products that support and aim to rebalance this layer of bacteria, virus, parasite, and mite. We can think of the microbiome as a little blue streak cleaner wrasse, you know, the, the tiny fish task with that grand responsibility of cleaning away parasites and dead tissue for its, its boss, who I suppose if we continue this analogy could be like a big potato cod. So in return, the cod provides the baby cleanser fish with food and protection. So it's a win-win. When our microbiome is imbalanced, our skin can become vulnerable and this vulnerability may result in infection or inflammatory skin conditions such as acne, rosacea and dermatitis within us being the host of the microbiome. So modern skincare products will always now aim to bypass any surface aggression to the stratum corneum and by extension to respect this living ecosystem that resides within and on the acid mantle and on top of the stratum corneum, the microbiome. So we know from this very brief overview that our daughter keratinocytes mature on their way up to the surface. They take on strong keratin protein and they produce essential lipids that are required to create an effective intercellular barrier. We know during this transformative migration the organelles So the nucleus, the golgi, the mitochondria, they deteriorate so that the cell can flatten out and become a fully fledged stratum corneum that enables us to be able to interact in our environment, yet maintain a level of heightened protection. We also know that any changes to these processes, this transformative process, can alter the function of our barrier and lead to playing a role in the development of several skin conditions that we aim to treat in our skin salons and clinics. The Art Club stands in Barcelona as one of PH Formula's proudest achievements, an advanced skin academy meticulously crafted to bring skin specialists together to undergo holistic training covering skin histology, biochemistry, cosmetic chemistry and medical aesthetics. In line with the excellence and innovation embodied by the PH Formula product line, the international team at PH Formula have dedicated considerable effort to create a purposeful learning environment. Here, the artistry of formulation is highly respected, while knowledge is shared and comprehensive training is extended to physicians, clinical aestheticians and aesthetic nurses, advanced skin therapists and industry professionals from all corners of the world. This commitment to leading with education empowers skin specialists with an in-depth understanding of skin health and the resources required to perform advanced and controlled chemical skin resurfacing treatments. Will you be planning a trip to the Art Club in 2024? Our PH Formula Australia hands are up and we cannot wait to share an energising experience at the Art Club with our family of Australian skin specialists. Check out phformula.com.au to discover the innovative art of skin resurfacing and how you can join us on our next trip to Barcelona. Our epidermis naturally renews itself every 28 days. Now, sometimes this can take longer. For example, as we start aging, our metabolic processes can begin slowing down. But this process can also be sped up, like for example, when we intentionally exfoliate our skin. For the final five, 10 minutes of this episode, I'd like to just overview some of the important cell-specific functions and responsibilities that are occurring, taking place within this epidermal zone. I've mentioned this throughout the episode that there are four cells residing most prominently in our epidermis, keratinocytes, melanocytes, Merkel cells, and Langerhans cells. The primary shareholder of the epidermis is the keratinocyte, which we'll often refer to as either the keratin cell or just the skin cell. And he makes up the lion's share, 80% in fact, of the epidermis, and undergoes that most powerful transformation on the migration through the strata from the basal layer up to the outermost layer of epidermis that interfaces with our environments, being the stratum corneum. Other cells such as the Merkel cell, melanocytes and Langerhans cells, whilst they are important for the overall health and function and adaptability of our epidermis, they play a supportive role to the keratinocytes. We've highlighted a lot about how the keratinocyte develops during his or her migration, and that the chief responsibility of the keratinocytes is to produce keratin for protection, as well as to release communication messengers or cytokines that carry important details back down to the mother cells about the environment that they were subject to. Our melanocyte or our melanin or pigment cells are dendritic cells that are located in the deepest zone of the epidermis, so the stratum basal layer, so they're nestled or sprinkled amongst the mother keratin cells. These guys synthesize melanin for energetic protection against ultraviolet radiation and thermal aggression. And as I mentioned earlier, one single melanocyte has the potential to furnish up to 40 surrounding skin cells with melanosomes that are carrying the melanin or pigment to protect the DNA in the nucleus of the keratinocyte as it journeys up closer to the sun and other elements. The melanocyte is one of the first cells to to show signs of damage. It's a really vulnerable cell, highly, um, highly vulnerable to trauma and other malfunctions. It's also our skin's problem child, if you will. A melanocyte can become quite difficult to control and pacify and even communicate with, making conditions resulting from the melanocyte, for example, melasma and other hyperpigmentation disorders, even hypopigmentation disorders for that matter, very difficult to manage and treat. And it's certainly a longer process, as, as we've come to learn working within the skin, the dermal, the aesthetics, the beauty industry. It is quite a difficult and longer term treatment program when we are working at rebalancing or reprogramming or you know, addressing this pigment cell. Langerhans cells are star-shaped dendritic cells and they arise from bone marrow before migrating to the epidermis. They ingest foreign substances and they are key activators of our immune system. Langerhans cells play a crucial role in the epidermal immune function and they are said to be in overpopulation in conditions like allergic contact dermatitis. Lymphocytes are also instrumental in the skin's immune response, just as a little extra note. And Then we have our Merkel cells. These are sensory receptors for touch and sensation and they are located deep within our epidermis and dermis for that matter. These guys tend to be in higher concentration on a sensitive skin and they can even become malignant and cancerous. However, Merkel cell carcinoma is quite rare it's easy to always prioritize working in the dermis, after all this is where our collagen producing cells and our elastin producing cells reside i.e our fibroblasts, but as we've highlighted in this episode, and it has only been a highlight because we could do an entire day educating about the intricacies of the epidermis for example, but as we have highlighted, high-level overview, there is a lot taking place in our epidermis. And this is a section of our skin whose performance majorly dictates the way in which our skin looks and behaves and responds. When our epidermal metabolism becomes sluggish, when certain cells start misbehaving, when there's a flaw or a series of flaws during that keratinization process from the basal up to the stratum corneum, when the microbiome that comprise that outermost kind of ecosystem that reside on our skin is out of balance, we can develop undesired skin conditions like, for example, dehydration, hyperpigmentation, acne, rosacea, dermatitis. So whether it's a sluggish metabolism, cells misbehaving, a series of flaws during the keratinization, dysbiosis in the microbiome or the microbiota, we can start to develop skin conditions that then require management. Our skin has evolved these zones of epidermis and these key cell personalities as a complete protection system. Just as we highlighted briefly about cytokine communication, every action has a reaction when it comes to the skin. Dialogue is sent between these key cells to ensure that their collective goal is still executed, that is to protect us within our environment. And this is something to consider in our treatment programming before we go hell for leather, over ablating, aggressively peeling, heating and or inflaming the skin. We've come to understand now just how important exercising restraint is when it comes to long-term skin management and slowing of the aging process. And of course, preserving the integrity of epidermal barrier should be a modern treatment priority. I sincerely hope you have enjoyed this episode. I look forward to having your company again next Monday for our very first episode of 2024. Until then, have a positively charged week ahead and bye for now.